Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. to the Elysium Project. I'm Hercules Invictus, and this is the Age of Heroes. I'm greatly honored to have as tonight's first guest, uh, the Mayor of Tenafly, the Honorable Mark Dinna. Greetings and welcome, Mark. How are you? Good, Hercules. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I must tell you that I was very um, inspired and optimistic after hearing you speak uh, tonight uh, at the meeting. Well, that's uh, that's very kind of you. What? Uh, how did you come to that conclusion? What, what inspiring words did I say that uh, helped that along? Well, you were a man with a plan, and you were very clear not only on uh, your objectives, uh, but also how you you were going to um, set about attaining them. Uh, and you had committees set up so that uh, if you needed something looked into, they were ready to do that. So uh, I was very impressed. Good. I'm glad. Thank you. I appreciate that. So how does it feel being mayor? Well, you know, um, it, it, um, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, it, feels, it feels good to be able to pull some levers, uh, to move some resources around and, you know, look at things with a fresh set of eyes, first with a fresh set of eyes and, you know, fixing potholes and planting trees and, and a uh, hundred other details an hour, uh, there's work to be done and, and I enjoy it. So I've, I've kind of dug right into it. Um, yesterday I was at uh, City Hall at 8.30 in the morning. I didn't get out of there until 12.15 last night. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I did it all with a smile on my face. So I, I enjoy the entire, uh, the entire process. And uh, you were saying that people have been reaching out to you by telephone, by email, uh, dropping by in person. Uh, um, that must be exciting as well. It was, it's, uh, it's very exciting. I have letters on my desk. I, ha- I desk from, you know, traditionally what we call now snail mail. People, uh, some young people uh, wrote letters in, uh, three-page letters. Someone wants, wants us to build an ice skating rink. Someone wants a skate park. 
uh, you know, more stores and restaurants downtown, that sort of thing. And so for people who write me uh, through the mail, I answer them through the mail. For people that email me, I email them. The people that call, I call back. So I, um, you know, I try to respond to residents as quickly as possible. Uh, that you do. I can vouch for that. And uh, um, I think it's uh, awesome. You're off to a phenomenal uh, start. And uh, I'm very uh, honored to be a part of unfolding events uh, here in my favorite Thank borough. Thank you. Now, yes, uh, today at the meeting, uh, several categories were talked about, and we've covered the roads and the potholes extensively. Uh, and we've sure. also covered the rest, but I, um, uh, I'm devoting a lot of my time and energy to uh, green things right now. And uh, uh, I was very impressed by what I was hearing and uh, what you've shared on the show before. So uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask some questions about uh, the uh, keeping Tenafly green. Absolutely. Ask, ask away. I'm happy to, uh, happy to discuss it. Fantastic. Uh, if someone wants a tree planted, um, how does one go about getting the tree planted and what are the conditions under which somebody can plant a tree in Tenafly? So um, you can reach out to the DP, the, people can reach out to the DPW. Uh, they can send me an email at my borough email. Um, and in terms, so it's very easy to communicate with us. Um, in terms of the conditions, there really, uh, there really are no conditions except where they get planted. They typically get planted, you know, in the right of way, which is about okay. uh, about 25, roughly measured about 10 or 15 feet from your curb uh, into your property. It all depends what part of town you live in. And so the borough will plant trees in that right of way, uh, free of charge. Uh, you don't need to bring anything to the table. A resident doesn't have to do anything except water the trees and uh, take care of them for the future. There's no cost to the resident uh, at all. Anyone can request a tree to be planted. That is an awesome uh, thing. Uh, we were thinking of putting some more trees in our backyard. Would we call the same number, the DPW number? So you could call the DPW number for that, but we really, with the borough doesn't really go into people's backyards to plant trees okay. uh, um, because, you know, there's, there's private property, there's liability issues. Uh, the borough doesn't really have a legal right to plant trees in your backyard unless there's some sort of right away uh, that the borough has. So that's why when I say, you know, about 15 feet or so from the curb in the front yard area or in the side yard, that's where the borough uh, plants trees. That's the only condition on the process. Okay, awesome. That is a great thing to know. Is this information also on the uh, borough website so that people can find it? It is on the borough website. Um, you have to uh, go onto the borough website looking for the Department of Public Works and scroll around a little. Um, and just on the, since you brought up the issue of the website, our website is um, very challenging for people to use. It's, um, it, it, the information is not presented in a way that is, uh, is designed um, for residents to find information very quickly. And we're literally in the middle of the process of completely redesigning our website so that it's far more intuitive. You'll be able to go on the website and click on a big button that says recreation or public works and, and that sort of thing. So it's a little work on the website to find it. Uh, but if you want, you can recommend to your listeners that on the top of the website, 
is the Borough Hall phone number. Call the Borough Hall phone number, and they will direct you to the right area to speak to. That is awesome. And uh, once I am able to find it and uh, link up to it, um, I, I currently have several projects uh, that I'm working on, and one of them is uh, focusing on the green. So I will post that every couple of weeks on a rotation. Uh, right. And this, you know, folks can see it and they can just click on it and uh, make it very easy. And I also created a uh, group where th those type of posts are, will be very easy to access. And this way, everything is just a click uh, away. So that is definitely something that uh, I know uh, a lot of people have expressed an interest in, and I'm certainly interested in it. Uh, uh, we have uh, many trees in Tenafly, but we could always have uh, more. So, so speaking of more trees, um, today I received an email from the Department of Environmental uh, Protection. I had reached out to them several weeks ago uh, prior to me being sworn in, and uh, I had some uh, questions for the DEP regarding uh, issues that some residents had raised regarding the Tenekill Brook. And, but today, mm -hmm. uh, and so they came up and met with me, which is a good way to start the year. It's all about... Yeah. My first official meeting as mayor was um, about environmental issues with the State Department of Environmental Protection. So that was a good way to start the year. But they emailed um, me today. And uh, do you remember the story of the 500-year-old oak tree in Salem, New Jersey? Um, a couple of years back, the tree was 500 years old. And uh, the state had collected acorns and seedlings uh, one day. And then, unfortunately, several months later... The tree finally, uh, tree finally passed on and just out of nowhere collapsed. And it was Ooh. an ancient tree. Yep, yep. While that was sad, um, what the state did was they grew seedlings from all those seeds. And now they have thousands of seedlings that are producing more seeds. And they're sharing those seeds with all the communities in New Jersey. And so I got my email today and uh, put our environmental commission in contact with the DEP to be the recipient of the seed. So that 500-year-old oak tree, we're going to uh, be planting its, uh, its next-generation seedlings in Tenafly. Oh, awesome. That is fantastic. When is that starting? So well, that, literally, I got the email today. I responded that, that, you know, I said, we want to participate. We would like seedlings. And so uh, they know that, and now they're going to start their process. I, I imagine it will come in the springtime when it is, uh, you know, prime uh, planting season. Oh, that is fantastic. That is definitely something worth devoting uh, at least one show to. That is a phenomenal thing. Thank you. Absolutely. You're welcome. Um, now, I started covering the, the parks in Tenafly one, one park a week. Uh, and putting whatever links are there and also whatever photographs I can find showing the park. And so far we've covered the Greenway, uh, we've covered Roosevelt Common, and we've covered uh, Froggy Park. So every week there'll be uh, different things. For, for people to gain an appreciation of how fortunate we are here in uh, Tenafly, we have a lot of greenery, much more greenery than uh, uh, most people have that don't live in like the woods or the mountains. So um, I'm very excited about uh, uh, keeping Tenafly green and also expanding the green in Tenafly and beyond through the uh, Greenway project. That's fabulous. I think, uh, you know, I think the Greenway project is, uh, 
is very important to uh, to our area, to the six towns. I think it really helps to beautify, you know, a whole, you know, a whole region. And, um, you know, I wholeheartedly support that. And we have many members of our community that are involved with it. And it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult and a lot of work to get these projects uh, moving forward. It's always two steps forward and one step back, if you will. But it is moving forward, and uh, we, you know we're looking to the next uh, next steps in the process. And I'm very excited about the concept of uh, uh, being as a borough defenders of the green uh, spaces. Uh, I love the whole uh, concept. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? So uh, I'll give you uh, sure, absolutely. Uh, we've got another project going on. We have uh, within our nature center. We have 400 acres in the nature center, a little bit more. And uh, in the nature center, there's probably about uh, 200 to 250,000 trees that are growing there. That's just general math from, uh, you know, from the federal government uh, information about average number of trees that grow in these sort of parks. So that's a very exciting thing that, uh, that, that we're, we're able to experience. And one of the big projects that's going on in the nature center, we have a pond there called Fister's Pond. Uh, it's about uh, three or four acres of, uh, of, uh, of pond area, and we're going to do some hydro raking on that um, because over the years, uh, because it's a pond, it, it fills in naturally, and we're going to clean that up a little bit because we don't want to lose that pond. It's a real gem, right. and uh, we've been working on different projects in terms of uh, different planning in terms of what do we do with all the material uh, the, uh, you know, the natural material that we kind of break up, if you will. And uh, I went for a walk up in the uh, nature center yesterday with some of the nature center, um, board, uh, board members. And we identified an area there that was the, um, uh, kind of the, that would have the least amount of negative effect in terms of us bringing some equipment in there to, uh, to help the pond. And we decided that all the green material, that we take out of the pond, we're going to leave there right in the area because it's got such excellent uh, mulching and nutrient, uh, you know, things inside of it, which will really help the nature center and the surrounding areas and uh, things will grow quicker. But uh, the na- saving the pond at the nature center is very exciting. There's all kinds of wildlife there. When I was there, there was a, a turtle that was in, uh, that was uh, rescued at one point. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. There's a turtle that was rescued. That's 60 years old, which, uh, you know, I thought was very cool. That is, that is cool. And no, little, I, was, I was laughing about the turtle. I, I had nothing to say. I'm, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm visualizing The little guy's expected to live to be about 100 years old. Wow. I was at the uh, Nature Center last uh, when they uh, were doing the opening the exhibit for the butterflies that they, that they had made. Oh. I was there on behalf of the Chamber of Commerce. So uh, um, th- that was very exciting. And uh, I haven't been there in a long time. I intend on remedying that in the year ahead. Good, good. And uh, I understand that the... Uh, um, nature center has branched out and they're doing enrichment programs in schools. Now um, I bumped into Alex uh, several times and uh, uh, learned about that. I think that's great uh, too, in that uh, they're reaching out and uh, making uh, the nature center uh, not only accessible to visitors, but reaching out to kids and teaching them something about our environment and about the nature center. 
No, I think the outreach is uh, very important. You know, you know all these sorts of uh, environmental programs, uh, they're wonderful, uh, but they absolutely have to do outreach uh, to teach young people and get them experience, uh, to help them understand the value of the world around them and nature and the importance of it. You know, you don't want to start learning that when you're 18 years old. You need to start learning that when you're in kindergarten or younger so you can grow an appreciation for it as early as possible in, uh, in your life. That's very true. And somebody asked me the other day, and I didn't uh, know, so I figured I would ask you, do we have an Arbor Day celebration here? Uh, do we make a big deal out of Arbor Day? Um, not so. Uh, so, uh, so if people do, I'm not aware of it. But what we do make a big celebration out of is Earth Day. Um, this, yes. Last year it was uh, in the town surrounding the Northern Valley area. Uh, towns take turns celebrating Earth Day every year, uh, and this was Tenafly's year where it was spon- this past 2019, and Tenafly sponsored the event uh, in one of our uh, our large school grassy areas where different people came down and and uh, they had booths and different uh, demonstrations for environmental um, environmental um, uh, concepts and ideas. And so that's what uh, that's what we celebrate in Tenafly every year. Those I've been to, and they're awesome. They're, it's really, really great. Uh, uh, you meet a lot of people who really care about uh, the planet and care about the local uh, environment. Uh, and if you have concerns uh, about those things, you'll meet the people you need to meet, like right there at the Earth Day celebration. You know, can I go off on a tangent a little bit, talking about the can. environment and natural environment? So. You know, one of the things in Tenafly we're talking about now is we have a lot of debates every year about how do we become more efficient in uh, picking up the leaves in Tenafly. And uh, I've, uh, I've had some conversations with uh, one of our, our prominent landscape architects in Tenafly, and uh, he put into my head the idea, instead of thinking about how we pick up the leaves, the real question is, why do we pick up the leaves from people's house? And uh, we started talking about that. And, um, and the point is that every year in Tenafly, as all, all these surrounding towns and suburban towns do, you know, we all have enormous resources of trucks and manpower. We, people rake the leaves, blow the leaves, all kinds of things into the street. And then we have these big trucks come and pick them up. And then in Tenafly, we bring the leaves to an area that's about five acres where we turn them over for 10 months and let them become mulch and deteriorate naturally. And then in the fall, uh, some, a company comes in, picks up all the, uh, uh, what is now basically uh, topsoil after the erosion process has taken place. And they haul this topsoil away, you know, tens of thousands of tons of topsoil every year out of our town. And then of course um, the, the, the contractor then goes out and sells the topsoil. And one of the things we're, we're starting to discuss at the borough council is whether or not we should start encouraging residents and uh, landscapers to mulch the leaves on site when the leaves fall and then leave the cover there. And that cover becomes topsoil and nutrient. It's about the best topsoil you can ever purchase. And my wife and I, on our home in Town of Life for the past few years, we only rake up we have a small little wooded area in our backyard and we only rake up some of our leaves and the ones we rake up, we put them in the wooded area and they just, nature takes care of it. 
But there's a fair amount of leaves that we leave in our lawn over the winter, which actually acts as cover to protect the grass when the snow and the ice come. And then what happens in the springtime, the lawn gets cut, we get the spring rains, the leaves dissipate, they turn into topsoil. And then we get this, we always have a green, lush lawn every year, and we never water our lawn. We have no sprinklers. Uh, we don't do any watering with the hoses. We just let nature do its thing. And our lawn is green every year. And we just let our leaves mulch, and the lawnmower is chop it up in the springtime, and it's the best thing you can do for your lawns. That is an awesome idea, and uh, that's also very much in keeping of uh, people being responsible for uh, their environment. I love it. And anything I can do to help uh, educate people or help promote the idea, I'm here for it. Great. We'll, we'll have more, uh, more news and more education spreading on that in the coming months. And I learned tonight that there's a tree fund in Tenafly. That's awesome, too. Yes, there is a tree fund. And so what happens is, let's say uh, a family would like to build a new house and uh, or let's say they, they, they buy a piece of property that has a house on it. They take down the old house and they want to build a little bit bigger house. And within the footprint of the house, um, there's trees that have to be taken down or they want to put a new driveway in, which causes the removal of trees. And so what happens is um, we have a fund that uh, when you're building a house or a major renovation, if you take down a tree, you have to put another tree up. If it's not possible to put another tree up, you have to pay into the tree fund uh, several hundred dollars for each tree. And then from that tree fund money, we go out and then buy trees just for, for so we started this conversation that you want a tree in your house from the borough, which you get for free. It's because the borough has this tree fund from builders and developers that we use to fund to pay for the trees to be planted elsewhere in town. So for, for every tree lost, we, we put up at least one, at least one, usually multiple trees for every tree loss. So in, in, ten, in a town like Tenafly, uh, every year there's a net increase um, in the number of trees in town. That is awesome. And uh, the dog park is moving uh, forward uh, as well. Uh, when Christine uh, Evron was last on the show, she gave us an update. Uh, can you share what's, uh, what's going on now with the dog park? Sure, absolutely. The fences for the dogs are completely built. There's two separate fences, a large fence and a small fence, a fenced-in area. And um, each, each entranceway has um, kind of a dog, uh, a dog catch, a dog trap in there. In other words, you bring your dog in, you close the gate behind you, you take off the leash, then you open the second gate uh, so that you can get into the dog park. This way, while the, 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 there's always two gates closed when you're unleashing your dog for the safety of the dogs. And um, so that's all built. The uh, pea gravel or the ground cover, I may not be using the exact correct term, but the pea gravel that is going to cover the ground uh, is being delivered, I'm uh, being told, tomorrow. And it will probably, based on the weather over the next few days, It'll probably be spread around next week. And so we're hoping, you know, don't quote me on this, uh, we're okay. hoping to open up by, uh, by February 1st uh, because all the pieces and parts are, um, are, are there as of tomorrow, which is good news. Oh, that is, that is uh, phenomenal uh, news. And I'll see if I can get some images and uh, uh, share that. Is there a grand opening? Right. So 
We're not announcing any grand openings until the, okay. the, the, the gates are ready to be opened. <laughs> then we'll announce it. When I, when I see the pea gravel, that, remember, it's taken us seven years to get to this dog yeah. park, and you know the history there, right? So uh-huh. until, until, I, until I cut the bolt on the deadlock and uh, we can let people in, I'm not announcing the grand opening. Okay, very wise, and uh, I'm looking forward to the announcement of the grand uh, opening, and I will do all I can to clear my schedule so I can be there, because uh, I've been here now back in Tenafly for around five years, uh, and I remember that this was a conversation that had been going on when I first heard about it, and it's been a conversation that's been going on ever since, and I must tell you, I am phenomenally pleased that uh, it is actually happening and uh, I use the dog park story uh, to show people that local governments are responsive but sometimes things take time and I remember different locations being uh, proposed different issues coming up uh, um, you know people having strong uh, objections to it for one reason or another but uh, the town did not give up on the idea and now it's here or it will be officially here soon and we're we're just about we're just about over the finish line, and it's a little bit of a funny story, you know. Most everyone wanted a dog park. Uh, the challenge was where to put it, and you know, you know, you Hercules, you you thought the best place for the dog park was across the street from my house, and I thought the best place for the dog park was across the street from your house, okay? Because we're uh-huh. all human, and that's right. everyone's point of view. So. When I made the final decision for the dog park, I supported the idea of putting it over in, you know, the old pool area on Grove Street. And a lot of people said to me, Mark, that was a crazy decision. Why did you decide to put it on Grove Street? And, and my response consistently to people has been because it's the only location every single person disagreed with, which meant it was <laughs> the right place to put it. <laughs> so, so there we have it. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome and uh, I'm looking forward to the announcement uh, for the grand opening and I'm looking forward to that becoming part of our uh, heritage here in uh, Tenafly because uh, I know a lot of people have been waiting for a very long time uh, to use the dog park that's great and you know also by the way um, there is a, a private organization of dog lovers I think it's uh, tenaflydogpark.org Anyone who uh, received a uh, dog uh, license renewal application, I think last week from the borough, there was a little letter in there. And, uh, yes. So you, you can go online and make a, a contribution to the dog park uh, for benches and some uh, enhanced fountains for the dogs and things like that. Because what we decided from a business standpoint was uh, the borough – uh, paid for the taxpayers, the borough paid for, you know, the fences and the gravel and the basic dog park. And um, we, we, we're soliciting uh, the dog park private organization is, delic- is soliciting private contribution to have some upgraded amenities uh, in the in the dog park area. That is awesome, and I will put uh, that link up uh, periodically as well. That'll be on the, on the rotation uh, so Great. that uh, folks can uh, visit that, learn more about the dog part, and contribute uh, to it. Um, we've had conversations in the past about community gardens. Um, what's the status currently of the community gardens in Tenafly? Okay, so uh, if you're talking about the uh, community garden that's currently 
uh, behind the municipal building off the Tenneke yeah. Brook? Okay. Yes. So we're, we are going to move that community garden to over to where the uh, over by the pool, old pool on Grove Street where the dog park area is. And uh, okay. because it, it will give the community garden folks about three times as much um, area for planting. So it'll triple the size, plus the sunlight will be significantly better um, at the new location. And there'll be uh, water there, and they can put the beehives there. So we're expanding the community garden. And, and, oh, and we've, we've, done, we've, we've done this in conjunction with the uh, leaders of the community garden effort. They've looked at the spot, they like the idea, and um, we'll, uh, we'll start moving forward with that um, shortly. Oh, that is fantastic. How can folks get involved in that uh, project? I've been asked that more than once, and my wife had a suggestion for it, which I'll share with you after uh, we find out how people can get involved. So I, I, w I would recommend that they email me, and I'll give you my borough email when you're ready. Uh, if they email okay. me, I, I will put you in touch with um, the different individuals who lead the community garden effort, and they'll be happy to, uh, happy to have uh, new members. Oh, that is great. Uh, yes, if you can, uh, um, I guess, email me. That would be the easiest, uh, your uh, official uh, um, address at uh, Borough Hall, the email. Okay. Uh, I will post it with uh, you know, an announcement and uh, if people want to get uh, involved. That is great. Okay. My, my wife suggested, like, there's an adopt uh, the highway type of program uh, that maybe there should be, like, a, adopt some, like, park space where people can put, make gardens, you know, each, uh, you know, their own unique, beautiful gardens, like in a small space here and there. Uh, and this way uh, it will cut down on costs uh, and, you know, people would be responsible for keeping that uh, space and they could donate to it uh, their time, their plants and, uh, and so forth um, to keep them going. That's an excellent idea. Um, I I'd be happy to speak with her about that. And again, uh, I'll, I'll connect her with the uh, with the right people, and that's a great idea. That that is awesome. Um, any other uh, plans in mind for uh, getting tenify not only to remain green but to become greener? So um, a uh, a member of the council approached me yesterday. We were walking along um, uh, River Ridge Road near the supermarket area, and uh, we're an idea popped into our heads about whether or not River Edge Road in that particular area is too wide and too unsafe to cross. And we thought perhaps uh, a potential idea is putting a, um, a, uh, like a, uh, what do you, a, a midway down the road, maybe three or four uh -huh. wide, which can have, uh, you know, green plantings, whether they be trees or bushes, it all depends on line of vision and sight for you know driving safety. But perhaps we we can put a divider uh, in certain parts of River Edge Road and make the center of the road a green space. Uh, number one and number two, that would actually make it physically uh, safer to cross the street, and it would slow down traffic because the wider you make a roadway, the faster traffic moves. You take yes. the same roadway and make it thinner, people naturally drive slower. Um, so we could accomplish uh, two particular tasks there at the same time. And so we're going to look at that 
uh, as a project, um, uh, potential project. So that that would uh, that would be a new idea. We we've never I don't think we've done that anywhere in Tenafly before. So we might that might be a first. That sounds like a great idea too, and uh, it would uh, lend to Tenafly's uh, unique uh, flavor. Agreed. Agreed. I know for uh, many years I attended different meetings that uh, um, addressed that very issue. Uh, what is Tenafly's like? This comes up especially in uh, uh, meetings focused on uh, improving the downtown area. Uh, and uh, uh, I've even entered uh, ideas into that you know, arena. Um, and I know that people agree that there should be a look, but I don't think we've agreed yet on what exactly our look is here in Tenafly. So, um, you know, you raise a very valid point. Um, in the past, what's happened is uh, we've had uh, architects and planners come in with some some very large scale plans that price tags start at four and five million redesigned Whoa. roads, different directions. And everyone's reaction is exactly what you just did. That four or five million is a big number. I'm taking yes. a different approach. Then it never gets off the ground, okay? I'm taking a different approach. And the first project we're going to work on um, that the council has wanted to do for several years, but we haven't, we didn't do it. And that is uh, Hyla Park. Um, think about Hyla Park for a second. And you've got okay. Piermont Road in front, Piermont Road in front of Cafe Angelique. Um, we are going to, um, and, and the uh, chief of police and the borough administrator are already working on this, doing the, putting the details together and making the scheduling. We're going to do a temporary closure of Piermont Road where it meets East Clinton Avenue. A couple of things are going to happen with that. We're going to turn the Cafe Angelique quasi road parking lot into a full parking lot. It will actually, mm -hmm. by closing the road off there, will add six parking spaces, which is a good thing uh, for downtown in the area. We will remove one red traffic sequence on East Clinton and Piermont because that will cease to be an intersection. And we will expand Hyla Park, if you can imagine it, by about uh, 60 feet wide from where it is now and make all green space to where... Um, the railroad is to potentially meet the Northern Valley Greenway. Um, we're not going to wait for the Greenway to do this. This is an eminent, imminent thing. And so that will actually expand Hyla Park and will put a, uh, an attractive uh, um, um, wrought iron fence along the County Road Park, part of Hyla Park. So that'll become a little bit safer because Kids do use that. Children do use it. And it's pretty unsafe with the traffic flying by. And so we're going to expand the size of Hyla Park. And in conjunction with that, our friends at the Historic Preservation Committee, I have them working with um, some of the uh, designers of the Elizabeth Cady Stanton uh, statue that was uh, commissioned in, uh, for New York City Central Park recently. Well, some of uh -huh. the folks who didn't, who didn't win that design are interested in designing a statue for of Elizabeth Cady Stanton for Tenafly. And as we know, Elizabeth Cady Stanton has a long history in Tenafly. Yeah. And so we're going to look to accomplish several things downtown. With this particular project, it's actually not going to cost us a lot of money, uh, which is a good way to help kickstart uh, a redevelopment of our downtown area. 
I'm all for that uh, project, uh, especially now when uh, voting rights are being uh, threatened and there's voter suppression and all sorts of things. Uh, I believe that Tenafly's history uh, with women's suffrage uh, should be a beacon uh, to inspire everyone and remind them uh, that voting is important. It's something people fought for and won after much difficulty. So we can't let anybody uh, take those rights away from us. 100% agree. 100%. Wow, Mark, uh, we're approaching the end of our journey for today. But I must tell you that I am uh, phenomenally inspired. Uh, and uh, I want to thank you for uh, um, being the catalyst for all these changes and things are moving very quickly. And uh, uh, I'm very, very uh, honored, like I said before, to be part of unfolding uh, events. And anything I can do uh, to draw attention to or uh, help educate, uh, I would be glad to do it. No, that, that's wonderful, Hercules. I mean, continue all the great work you do. Uh, with the different uh, organizations in town. Uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely essential that our citizen volunteers are involved in what we do. You know, in the borough, we have about 166 employees, and we have approximately 200 citizen volunteers serving on boards and commissions. And it would be literally impossible to run uh, the borough and improve it without people like yourself engaged in the process. So thank you. Thank you very much for your kind words. Uh, you're an awesome person. You're an awesome mayor. And we live in an awesome borough. So it, it's a joy to uh, um, give time and energy uh, towards making this an even more awesome place to live. Okay, Hercules. Thank you. Okay. Be well, Mark. Have a great day. And again, congratulations. You thank you very much. And have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Um, we're going to listen to Brand Kerdorian's King of Dreams, and then we'll be back with the Sussex Report and the Four Elements, hosted by Astrid.
Elysium Project. I am Hercules Invictus, uh, and now we move on to the Sussex Report and the Four Elements, hosted by Astrid, uh, and I'll be along for the ride, conversing with her. Greetings and welcome, Astrid. How are you? Greetings, Hercules. Doing well. I, I, can, I cannot believe that I'm reporting that I'm looking outside the lake. I mean, it's dark out there, but there is still free-moving water. There is still free-moving water, really? Yes. I, I can never remember a time when the lake was not frozen. And at wow. this point of the year, wow. I mean, usually it's November. It has frozen a little earlier and then refroze, defrosted. You know. But this is the first time ever I can remember it being free-flowing as of mid-January. Yeah, there's definitely climate change. Uh, today I was at a uh, meeting uh, at the uh, Democratic uh, Municipal County Committee, and uh, people were talking about uh, practical things like picking up leaves and so forth. But the time when this happened for most of our lives has shifted, uh, and things most are not definitely they've been happening before. So I'm not I'm not surprised. I, I am surprised. Right. Level. level, I'm not surprised. Right, and, and needless to say, people that are into the sports of ice fishing are very unhappy. <laughs> I can imagine. Is there a big ice fishing uh, population there? Oh, all over, all over any of the lakes. So they have organizations, and and people within the community have little events. You know, uh, the He-Man Club. You know, with ice fishing, where they get together and they fish. Well, some fishing, some beer, and some barbecuing. I don't, I don't know. I'm really not invited to these things, but um, yeah, I mean, people are quite unhappy, and and I think um, it's affected us in ways that we could never imagine. I, I just can't, for me, visually. Not seeing the lake frozen at this time is a real shock. It's it's a shock. <laughs> that that I, I can imagine. Uh, I know uh, uh, the little of nature that uh, we have here, and it's more than most places. But still, it's uh, compared to Sussex County, it's uh, a lot less uh, uh, nature. There are changes that are being noticed. Like uh, Athena, my wife, uh, noticed uh, that the leaves uh, during the fall were not the same colors that we're used to, that they seem more burnt uh, than they did uh, um, orange or brown or gold, you know, so... Right, right, and that basically happens, Hercules, because um, when there are, um, is a time period where there's drought, it will affect the, the chlorophyll, and, uh, and, and you don't get the vivid colors. And basically the colors happen because the, the chlorophyll production stops. But when the, the water is denied to the plants, they start drying rather than having those bursts of colors. Yeah, that, that's, uh, again, that, that uh, is 
frightening to contemplate what the implications of some right, of this. Right, uh, right. Well, we have quite a bit to uh, get to here with the Sussex report, so I'm going to kind of zip okay. it right through it. And I won't go into too much detail because, um, you know, I will send these things to you, the email, so you can uh, post them. But yeah. um, there are so many, one being, um, I think it's tomorrow, yes, tomorrow, the Basic Rights and Special Education Workshop, which is free and sponsored by the Family Partners Community. Um, that's happening tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at 67 Spring Street. They want registration, so you'd have to either call them if you'd like to go or um, get onto their uh, website. Website is familypartnersms.org, and the number is 973-940-3194. I'll send all this along to you tonight so you have it in a timely fashion here. And then also the 10th Annual High School Student Exhibit is being presented at Peters Valley Craft Center, which is on um, Coon Road in Layton. And you can contact them at petersvalley.org, 973-948-5202. And that is running from the 12th, so it started already, until the 31st. This includes students from grades 9 through 12. The works are being exhibited there at Peters Valley Craft Center. And their works from the Delaware Valley, Fort Lee, High Point Regional, Kittatinny Regional, Newton, New Providence Regional, Northern Highlands, Randolph, Sparta, Walkill Valley Regional, and Wachung Hills. So there's a little uh, melange there of different high schools in different locations, not only Sussex County. And it's nice to see artwork by the students being displayed outside of this school. Um, Peters Valley is amazing because it's an artist community. So um, that's really a great thing. And then there is an ongoing clothing drive at Kittatinny Regional High School for the Kittatinny Players Theater Program. They are accepting clothing, shoes, and linens. And the drop-off should be done by 125 at the main entrance. And that's on Halsey Road. The number there is 860-336-1750. And this is what we're seeing more at, at high schools and, and around the state, probably around the country, that as funds uh, start to shrink, it affects their extracurricular activities. You know, we've seen it with sports and we see it with arts. So here the theater program is concerned about being able to fund the plays that they put on. And so they're, they're hoping that this clothing drive brings them some much-needed donations. So that's That's a really good thing. It's a great way of of also um, cleaning out and purging. It's the new year. (laughs) And Uh and donating money to a really worthy, great cause, because these extracurricular programs mean a lot to kids. They really do. Yes, and it's very uh, comforting, because if you watch the news alone, uh, whether you get it uh, from an established uh, channel on your television or online, uh, it seems that the world is getting more callous and less sensitive and so forth. Oh, yeah. when things on a community level, there are so many people who care, uh, and there isn't even, even enough time to list what they're doing. That's how many caring exactly. people are. 
And, and that's the way to, to do it. In order to, um, you know, decompress from all the things that go on globally, uh, just look to your own community and, and not just see what's going on, but also be an active part of it. You know, there's ways that people can help. You can't help everyone, but I'm sure, right. you know, you're cleaning out your house and you can also help a school system. Uh, that's wonderful. And we have some other things going on related to sports. There is uh-huh. a voting safety course, which involves a course and exam. Uh, it's 119, so it's January 19th, sponsored by the Shore Hills Country Club in order to obtain the New Jersey Boating Safe Safety License. And I, I'm pretty sure you need one to operate a power boat. If it's a power boat or a jet ski in New Jersey inland waterways, you need one of these. And this is in Landing, New Jersey, Roxbury Township, 8 a.m. And basically, uh, you can get these all along. They're, they're being offered in different communities, you know, whether it be Lake Apacon in Jefferson. You know, they always have these boating safety courses. And I'm sure if you even Google it, you could see when they're being run in certain districts. Also, the Sussex County Miners Tryouts, you know, those are the minor baseball leagues. Uh-huh. Uh, they are having two open tryout camps at the Skyland Sp- uh, Sports Stadium. And you can contact them to find out more information, 973-383-7644, and also online. And it's, it sounds like it, it costs you. This is not a free thing because they're looking uh-huh. for people to try out for their team. So it says here $100 online, 125 for walk-ups. Registration begins at 8 a.m. It's for um, January 20th, which is a Monday. And this is the Champions Way Sports Academy. Then they have tryouts for pitchers and catchers at 9 a.m. And at 1 p.m., position players. So I guess that's the field and, and you know, like first base, second base. And that's mm-hmm. 150 online and 175 for walk up. So basically to just get in touch with the Sussex County Miners League, I'm sure you could find out all the details with that. And then Vernon Valley. I mean, your Vernon is an amazing area because it's one of the first areas uh, in New Jersey that had a, a, a water park and skiing that was um, available to students. But they're also getting very involved with the uh, pre-Olympics, which I was unaware of, but the new, new United States Ski and Snowboard uh, Committee is made a joint announcement touting the ongoing relationship with the National Winter Activity Center's Winter for Kids program. And if you Google Winter for Kids programs, it's amazing what's being offered to children. And it builds itself as the nation's only nonprofit winter activity facility dedicated to affording school-age children of all economic backgrounds throughout the tri-state area the opportunity to learn winter sports. And they're going to be having different type of um, activities there. They want to bring this cup, the pre-Olympic cup, to um, the New York State, this event, to the New York State area, this area here. And uh, so I guess what we're doing is we're getting ready to lead up to the 2022 Olympics in China. So they're going to be presenting elite skiers and snowboarders. And, again, uh, you can also go to the website winterforkids.org and find out all the different things that they have going on for children, the availability, and how to access it. 
Wow. Pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. Who would ever have thought? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm trying to see what else is going on here. Oh, there is also, I just wanted to mention, this is past, but I think it just is such a great tie-in to all the things we talk about in terms of the, the four elements. And this is presented constantly. The, the chapter of the Sierra Club constantly shows different videos and screenings of, of different things that are relevant. And they just had uh, films on the effort to replace the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission with the Renewable Energy Commission. Uh, that was on the 14th at the uh, Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of Sussex County. And if you contact the skylandsgroup.org, uh, go to that site, or you can call them, 973-886-7950. You can find out when the Sierra Club is presenting their films, because they do it often, and they have very relevant things on that just are totally amazing. They really are. So it's great to see that they're so active. Yes, it is. That is, that is awesome. Mm, I'm not going to get into the, the Sussex County Library schedule because it is that involved, but I would uh-huh. suggest that people go to the site. They have an amazing website. The way it's laid out is magnificent. So if you go to sussexcountylibrary.org, you can access their calendar a multitude of ways. You can go by the date and see the activities, or you can go by uh, the site. You can go by the main library or any of its branches because they have quite a few branches. I think it's about four of them. And um, you can see what is being done, what's being offered. You can see the date, the time, and you can see the ages that, that these opportunities are open. So if they're free or if there's a course, most of them are free, if registration is required, or if you don't have to contact them, you can just, just show up. And they have things like, um, I thought this was a great one, how to use the Internet in your job search. And that's for anyone 16-year-old. Yes, isn't that wonderful? 16 and up. And that is uh, the 16th. That's the 16th, uh, one day away, from 1 to 3. And then they always have these um, really great little um, programs for parents and their their youngsters, whether they're up to age 2 with the LAPSIT program or ages three to five for read and play story time. And then they have activities for uh, young children. I know the dentist branch on the 18th is going to have a Lunar Chinese New Year party, ages three to six, and that's required registration. Yeah, that's cute. That's 10 a.m. at the dentist branch. And then they have one at 3.30 at that particular branch, where the topic is mindfulness, and it's ages 13 to 18. Registration is preferred. It's not mandatory. They just ask you to bring your yoga mat or towel. And things like winter bingo and snowman craft at the Dorothy Henry branch. And the Sussex Wanage branch has a, a, an adult function tomorrow at Learn to Play Mahjong at 11.30. So these are just um, some of the activities within the next two days, two, three days. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I'm sure you always tell me about, you know, your library programs, too, and they're amazing. So um, it's it's the library is fascinating what it has now besides, you know, accessing books, computers, magazines, whatever, audio equipment. 
Yes, I know. And uh, you can also take out videos and Blu-rays and audio CDs. And if your local library doesn't have them, they can request them from a network. So anything that anybody has uh, in your network, and in some cases beyond this, they have a borrowing system uh, where you can access relatively quickly. So it's amazing. I remember when uh, we lived in Pennsylvania, um, and uh, we were very involved with the library in Hawley. And uh, we we belong to the library through, with library cards, like everybody else does. Uh, and it was sure. like uh, having your own video club, you know, like uh, those video stores like Blockbuster that used to be around once upon a time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of movies you could choose from. And here in Tenafly, it's the same. There's tons of movie, movies to choose from. I wish I had more time to watch movies these days. <laughs> but uh, when I did. <laughs> I hear you. You're a very busy man. <laughs> Exactly. Let's move to the state house where we have a couple minutes. But uh, of course, you know they they just um, basically looked at, at passing some laws. Some were tabled, you know. And here we go again. And one was that immunization um, law they were looking into that got tabled. That's being held off because they were looking to make it mandatory because their communities. And some parents that had felt that, that that should be a parent's right. And the other side of the coin there was that, well, it's not just your right. What about the rights of everyone else that is being exposed to children who are not vaccinated? So there's two sides of the coin there. But in the meantime, it's going to have, it's on hold. It, you know, there's another uh, stay there for that. They did manage to look at, um, Flavored e-cigarettes, e- the e-cigarettes, and they, the lawmakers gave final approval to a bill banning certain type of vaping products. So the state Senate voted 22 to 15, and the Assembly voted 53 to 11 to pass the measure, which is S3265, if you want to see it in detail, banning flavored Vaping products. Now it has to go to the governor, who has until January 21st to sign it or veto it. So they were also uh, passed a um, bill that would increase penalties to those who sell vaping products to minors. So there's one thing that was done. And then uh, they did make things a little bit easier for lottery winners because big jackpot winners big jackpot winners have to appear in public in order to claim their their winnings. And this measure is S-2267, and this is basically uh, sponsored by uh, Sweeney and Senator Kristen Corrado, whom I know personally. She's a Republican from Forsake. She's, you know, really a very, very good asset there uh, to our Senate, and they would directly amend the state's lottery regulations because now you have to come forward publicly to claim the prize. And they can also share the winner's photo, name, town, and county, which I didn't know that they can do that. I thought you had some say. You know, that includes Mega Millions and and Powerball winners. So now... Is that dangerous, though, for somebody who wins a lottery? Of course. Target, yeah. So that's not a good law. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so this way the identity is kept secret. The state has to be aware of the identity for reasons such as delinquent child support payments and uh, student loan payments and other debts to state agencies. So that goes to the governor, and he has to decide whether or not he wants to uh, sign it. And this came into effect because a New Hampshire woman won a, an almost $600 million Powerball jackpot. She filed a lawsuit seeking to remain anonymous said that she had a strong privacy interest. Um, now, this bill, interestingly, in 2013, was brought before Governor Christie. I mean, it passed, and Governor Christie vetoed it because he said it would undermine the transparency of the lottery. All I could think about is it's almost impossible, even with you not putting your information out there, you know, because you want to, you know, with the scammers on your email, your text messages, uh, you know, it's just outrageous. And and here is something where, um, you know, you want to protect someone that has this money because who knows, you know, what attempts will be made to um, to confiscate their funds or whatever. I mean, they even tell right. you now, put minimal information in your obituary, in the obituaries, because scammers go through that and they basically will file returns and do all kinds of things related to your identity which blows my mind but i guess that's one way of making a living not that we like it and they also the law banning policies to pay rent electronically because some landlords in new jersey were demanding their tenants paid rent by electronic means like account withdrawal credit card and, you know, not for anything. Do you want another person to have uh, vital information? No. So this legislation, which was S-1493, takes aim at the landlords who require them to agree to these debit payments as a condition when they signed a lease or renewing a lease. So, uh, I mean, you have no control over your finances. And plus, uh, like I said, again, there's your privacy that's at risk as well. So that's mm. interesting. There's a couple of good things. One bad the bad thing is that, uh, you know, I'm sure you knew that Liberty State Park, there was a measure to start privatization. There was a golf course that was interested in accessing some of the land. So there was an effort that started actually a year ago to shield the park from privatization. But what happened is and they only had the one day to, to finalize it, they said that it was a um, an issue of the billionaire Paul Fireman's influence because he owns the neighboring Liberty National Golf Course, and he lobbied against the bill. They want to relocate three of their holes to some of the preserved national spaces in that area. So, I don't know, their representatives said the expansion onto that area was needed to attract PGA Tour events, which would help the local economy, which I find hard to believe. It sounds to me more like it was about helping his own economy. So, uh, of course, Jeff uh, Tittle, the director of the New Jersey Sierra Club, said that they will fight. No, fight it to the end, you know, fight his lobbying. And, and this is an issue with people with big money, with lobbying. So this was, um, it passed in the Senate, 21 to 13, with six people, uh, uh, six abstentions. I thought that was amazing. But they never got to the assembly. There wasn't enough time. So um, pretty interesting, huh? 
Yeah, that is pretty interesting, and it would be mm. it'll be something we can follow and see what uh, is decided. Yeah, on well, and and this is a smaller version of what's going on in our country because there was a big move to access some of our lands in the national parks, and uh, they're looking to do it though, of course, for for um, fuel, you know, to to start to sell off some of it for um, mining. And, and that's a little frightening. I mean, here we go with our national landmarks being used for money. And um, this is just another another aspect of um, EPA softening regulations in one way and the Department of the Interior. They're doing it on a larger scale. And um, you start to see, like, trickle down, you know, to areas like um, Liberty State Park. And then the last one, which we find very important, this is a big one to us, the plastic bags. They were considering banning the plastic and paper bags to carry groceries or take out food, but it's not going to happen yet. The state voted Monday on an amended bill that would ban both single-use carry-out plastic and paper bags as well as styrofoam cups and containers. Uh, within two years, and, it, and restaurants would be allowed to give out plastic straws only if a customer asks for them. But the state assembly didn't get to vote on the latest version of this bill, which is Bill S-2776. Of course, it ended at noon, so it's going to have to be reintroduced and considered again. And it's uh, interesting to note that eight states and hundreds of towns including dozens in New Jersey, have already banned single-use plastics. But now a statewide, a statewide ban is just not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not yet. I went to a meeting yeah, today guess, with yeah. the mayor on the show before you were on, and uh, there's a very firm commitment uh, here locally uh, to uh, pass that so that uh, um, there aren't any uh, single-use plastic bags and that uh, – um, straws and other things uh, uh, are no longer uh, part of the equation here. Now, we've talked about this in depth many times, yeah. going way back when we talked about the history of plastics and how right. plastic bags started in the groceries, you know, and all of a sudden they replaced the paper bags uh, because of the cost factor. And it was presented to people, oh, it's easier. Not really, because those plastic bags are horrific. Bad enough what they do to the environment, but um, they break. You need 100 million of them. Go into the car. I mean, it, it's horrible. I would rather have paper bags any day, and um, the best paper bags I've ever used were from Trader Joe's because they have the handles. They were actually sturdy. Uh-huh. They are made from recycled paper, and personally, I use them all the time. It's not something I have to get rid of. I love those bags because they're sturdy, they're effective, and it's just they're made from recycled paper. So, I mean, I would love to personally see it done twofold. Get rid of all the plastic. Get rid of it. And then, you know, pare down the paper, and so you can only use paper made from recycled paper. Because we are different than Europe in the sense that we don't have the little stores we can go to. Americans are on the road driving an enormous amount of time, so when they shop, they do massive shopping. But there are different kind of bags you can get that would be perfect. That you could just keep them in your car. That's all. 
And, um, I, I mean, you go to Marshalls, you go to Home Goods, they've got these great sturdy bags that you can utilize, recycle them, and utilize them in um, um, for your grocery shopping or laundry, whatever. They're great bags. We'll need a lot of uh, re-education and developing uh, new habits, but... Uh, people uh, have to be willing... Yeah, people have to be willing to change. And yeah. uh, the poor Molshine of the Star Ledger went on and on and on about how he resented it, and he liked his little plastic bags. Well, I'm glad he likes convenience over the environment, because uh, I guess that doesn't mean as much to him. But um, people just blasted him in the editorial section, going on and on about the convenience of those little plastic bags. They're horrific. And then, of course, we get to our water, because, I mean, the plastic, there's so much damage, you know, in our oceans and the waters, the animals, all the way around. It doesn't break down. And going to that, let's tie back to Sussex County because there was so much trouble last summer with the algae, and the studies proved that it was a multitude of reasons, but you and I both know so much has to do with the fact that you have a septic system and you need to maintain it, as well as stormwater runoff, which is an important factor that's been brought about. By climate change, you know, mm-hmm. the more rain than we've ever had before, plus the hot temperatures, it's like a, it's like a little kettle cooking in there, you know, with all this algae. So um, the the governor definitely got ten million in uh, the under the federal clean water state revolving fund. It's like a print of principal forgiveness grants, and they are looking into sewer and stormwater infrastructure improvement projects. They will be targeting leaky sewers and uh, better management of stormwater runoff. So that, that they did have a meeting in on. Matter of fact, the uh, EPA said that 52% of the algae bloom bacteria growth was from septic runoff nutrients. Phosphorus mm. helps them to grow. So here is yeah, of course, it's climate change, it's runoff, but it's also the septic things. And you and I had mentioned uh, quite a few months back about how, I don't remember the year exactly, I have to go, go through all my uh, clippings, but no, um, people went to a particular um, legislator in that area, the PACON, and they complained about having to constantly have, you know, living in a lake community, constantly have their... Um, septic system pumps every so many years and having it inspected. Therefore, he did away with it because he wanted to be voted back in. And this fed into this. There had, Lake communities must have something set in place where the septic systems are maintained regularly. Has to be. That's an important thing. And, uh, so, I mean, you know, we, we can, and that's just an individual thing, you know, but that's, I understand the economics, but then you have to plan. You're not paying a sewer tax. You have the ease of a septic system. Well, nothing is free, as they say. If you have the water attached, the pipe, you're having water directly coming to your house, you pay a water bill. If you have a well, you're testing your water. And you have to maintain your well and your pump. 
So I mean, you never get away with just saying, well, this is, I'm going to be doing this freely. This is a free ride. There is no free ride. Very well said. And uh, before we conclude our journey for today, um, I want to let you know that uh, I'm moving to the next step of our Age of Heroes initiatives. And oh, wow. I proclaimed you a champion of optimal wellness because you're doing all that you can, uh, not only to be optimally well, but to help other people become optimally well. Yeah, we and have to keep each other informed, you know. We have to help yeah. each other out. And you're very consistent. No two about it. Lots of information. And also a uh, champion of Arcadia, which is in protection of the green and the wild. Uh, and oh, I love yes, most definitely. Because it definitely focused on that. So you're awesome, Astrid. I want to thank you for everything you do, not only for this uh, podcast, but for uh, the people in your community and for communities everywhere. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you. And most importantly, thank you for having a foundation for this. Because really, you know, there is so much false information out there. And a big thing, I'll end with this that between the EPA going on and on, I have some great articles, that's for another time, about okay. people that just had to leave the EPA because of how they were harassed and how their, their studies were just thrown to the wind, because I don't want to hear it. The same thing is happening over in uh, Australia with all the problems they have there and the different groups that they've gotten. Um, Murdoch is asked, and people should know who Murdoch is, and owns newspapers, Channel 5 News, this, that, everything, is actively involved with creating, um, you know, fake news about that, saying, well, no, the environmentalists are out of control. He's trying to manipulate the debate on the Australian fires, and um, that's quite sad. It's really sad because his um, his fueled claim is making the rounds through the newspaper. He has a big newspaper there, the Australian, arguing that the fires are no worse than those of the past. Twelve million and acres have burned so far. Twelve I million acres. At least an episode in the near future to the fires, because if you look at it from the uh, NASA satellites, it looks like our planet's on fire, and that should change our perspective yes. and make us up. So most definitely. Right. Thank most you definitely. Awesome. I will talk to you very soon. Take care. You too. Uh, give them my love to all in Sussex County. I will. And we're going to listen to Merlin and I by Dave the Bard. And then we'll be back with Bill Waitman and the Eye on Northern New Jersey.
like the sun from his eyes His father, God of the earth Holds his mother in his arms as she dies That the island of Britain 
is Merlin's eye, and he, he lives here still. the Elysium Project. I'm Hercules Invictus, and our show concludes tonight with Eye on Northern New Jersey, hosted by Bill Waitman, the legendary Bill Waitman. And tonight, his (laughs) guest is his wife, Hilda, and they're going to be talking about current events in the Bible. Now, before they start, um, I must let folks know that this entire podcast project is on a station called CERN, the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, and that our first adventures together were an interfaith communication. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to the Waitmans discussing the topic. Greetings and welcome. How you doing, Hercules? We're both here. Uh, I'm glad. It's an interesting show. We're not, we, I should follow up with your uh, your uh, information that we don't intend to uh, uh, anger people. We're just looking at what's been going on in the news and uh, the religious nature of it. For instance, I've heard the president uh, called uh, the chosen one and some some of the other biblical ter- uh, terms. Uh, out of the past, I've heard it come from uh, uh, people in his cabinet and some religious leaders. Uh, among them, not Billy Graham or his magazine. They take a different look at it. Uh, there are a lot of things going on. There are strange things are going on in the Catholic Church. Uh, there was a, a prophecy, whether faked or not, that uh, uh, the last pope prior to this one would be the next to the last pope. I don't know if that's still true. Some people say that somebody forged the paper of uh, an old Irish saint. Um, but there is chaos in the Catholic Church. And um, there are wars just about everywhere. I mean, uh, while we were waiting uh, uh, to see what was going to happen with Iran, Iraq, uh, American soldiers were killed in Africa. And we have American soldiers all over the world now. This is not a problem just of Trump. It's a problem of just about all our administrations going way back, uh, even to Vietnam, where a number of presidents actually lied uh, of why we were there. Um, We hope to inform people. We have some uh, things that are prophecy that will sound very familiar. Um, Okay. They come out of of what sources, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and what was the third? Is there a third source that we've used? 
No. Okay. All strictly out of the Bible. Uh, and they go and they seem to fit in currently with what's going on in the world, including with the United States and with Israel and uh, other nations in the world. Uh, we're going to start right now. And uh, what's your first? Mm-hmm. We're ready to go? Yeah, but we're going to be the one asking questions. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's start. Our eyesight is going. We're looking at Deuteronomy, uh, is it 29? Yes. From chapter 29, uh, you you uh, you learn about the history of Israel, how um, God uh, delivered them from Egypt, and they were in the uh, wilderness for 40 years, and God provided food and clothing. Their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. And yet, after this day, why aren't they in the promised land? Because of their rebellion towards God. They're still doing idolatry, and that's one of the reasons why there's so many wars going on. And if you keep reading Deuteronomy, uh, uh, well, Jeremiah, you keep reading the Bible, you will see all the wars that they encounter, and yet today they're still in war. So are we. So are we, so are we, but when it comes to America, it's going to get worse here, because we hear a lot of times, you hear our president saying that, oh, no, everything is okay. No, everything is not okay, and that's one of the things the Bible says, that you will hear that everything is calm, but in reality it's not, and then war is going to come, and we are on the verge of a war three wars. And they're not talking about it, but that's that's in the Bible, and that is okay. Um, we know, for instance, that uh, if it was if if Iran hadn't shot that uh, plane and say we shot it down, or uh, or if anything else went wrong uh, in Iran, Iraq, and the U.S. and uh, Iraq really is juggling uh, for its life between the U.S. and Iran. Um, uh, we've had soldiers all over the world since I don't know how far back before the Bushes. I think the uh, uh, the uh, war uh, with Bush with Bush too was totally unnecessary in Iraq. We had a uh, a leader that wasn't our friend, but he provided stability, and we had backed him when Iran really was more of an antagonistic, if you can say that in these days between because now. Saudi Arabia and Iran are the two rivals in the Mideast. But uh, uh, I don't want to blame any country or people, but uh, go on. Do you have another one there? No, oh, I was going to mention that um, Iran was the name given to Iran. In the, in the, Bible. In the Bible, Iran is, is known as another name. How do you spell that? E-L-A-M. And what does that take you to? This is, if you read Jeremiah 49, 37, the, uh, you will see that that's what the Bible says. It says, so I shall shatter Elam before those who seek their life, and I shall bring calamity upon, upon them. Even my fierce anger declares the Lord, and I shall send out the sword and them until I have consumed them. So 
as you could see, all of this is happening because uh, men deviated from God's way, and that's what the Bible says. going to be more wars, and this is the hand of God upon them, but they don't see it like that. And uh, the the, the uh, Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 4, he says, they have eyes and don't see, ears and don't hear. And you, you find this verse also in Ezekiel 12, 2, also Matthew, the New Testament 13, chapter 13, verse 4, and Romans chapter 11, verse 8. So uh, this is something that God has been giving warning to the people, and we still don't pay any attention. So as a consequence, that's why we have volcanoes going on all over the place, earthquakes. Tsunami, great devastation, and this is just the beginning. Things are going to get even worse. It's, but it's because God is giving all these signs as a warning to us to threaten up our lives, and we're still refusing to listen to God. We're still doing whatever we please. And, you know, uh, Hercules and, and listeners, uh, things like what what's going on in Australia, where uh, so many acres of land and so much, so much wildlife has been killed off. Uh, in the end, that could produce starvation if we go backwards. Uh, it's going to be very hard. Australia, the fire is the size of the state of Nevada, which is a considerable fire. Uh, everywhere, uh, floods. I've, we've seen floods in Florida. They're out of out of sight. Uh, there's been uh, tremendous rainstorms. The weather here is bizarre. Uh, climate is definitely a. a is, is climate change is an issue that people more and more are starting to to believe in. Uh, the administration, for some reason, is going in a different direction. But uh, climate change is very serious. It's going to impact our lives in so many ways. Uh, heat from the sun uh, is going to give us uh, more cancers. Uh, the floods occur just about everywhere. Uh, the Arctic Sea is now a Russian and Chinese lake which doesn't pose uh, great, uh, great days for us uh, because they now can come down both coasts, uh, and they have been. Uh, we looked at the, uh, the, uh, the new planet. I don't know if it's a new planet or not. Uh, we saw it, I guess, at the same time as the, uh, the kid at NASA. Uh, mm-hmm. We have of it. You know, and it's, it's, it's mighty strange. That that appears all of a sudden we, uh, from far distances. You would think it would be pulled by gravitational pull somewhere else, uh, not not towards the U.S. Yes, there's a lot of uh, things out there that are indicating that we are maybe near the end of days. I don't want to believe that. I want to take an optimistic look at life. Uh, going back to Israel, Israel has fought many wars, uh, maybe a few too many. Uh, it's, it's guaranteed. It's, uh, I think it's independence. It's dealing with, uh, many of the Arab states that are opposed to Iran because Israel is seen as a benefactor to say states like Egypt and Saudi Arabia, uh, times have changed that way. But, uh, so much that's, that comes out of these books and, and, uh, you know, hearing people use these phrases out of the new Testament or, or things out of the Old Testament, that thing she just read about people have ears and don't hear and eyes don't don't see. That really basically describes every American possibly 
Thanksgiving uh, table. That describes the evangelical churches, how they claim to be their chosen children, and yet they're not listening to the signs and to everything that is going on. The, the Bible says on Colossians 3, uh, chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, and so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Also, on Luke 18, 7, it says, forbearance towards others, uh, bearing with one another and, and forgiving others. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave us, so also should you. And that's also in Ephesians 4, too. Now, it, 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 I know that a lot of people say that, that God took from there. When you, come, when you think about it, in a way, God did so that the Bible could come to pass, all these prophecies. But when it comes to, is he, um, you know, a, a true Christian, as the, these churches think he is, I would say no. Because if he was a true Christian, I mean, I just read to you that he says, um, um, have a heart full of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. If, 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 his, if his heart is like that, why are we putting a wall, you know, and, and prevent those illegal immigrants from coming to America to, America to get a better life? Why is our president talking about women in, in such a way as diminishing them as human beings? And it's, you know, all these things are against what the Bible says of the true Christian. So when it comes to the Bible, you know, uh, our actions speak more than our words. So, you know, nobody can tell me, you know, this person is a chosen God or. or or the Messiah. No, that's not true. And that's what the Bible calls false prophets. And it says that all over the Bible that in the last day, many will claim to be, you know, the, the Son of God or, or the chosen one. And it says, do not listen. Beware of this thing. And that's why that person that is all over the Bible, they have ears and don't hear. They have eyes and don't see. Because we are blind to what the Bible is telling us by all the corruption and all the vanity of this world. As you, uh, and Hercules and, and uh, Astrid, on the last session, we're talking about the environment. Uh, rivers are polluted. Uh, mm-hmm. We're overusing oil when we have, we have plenty of non-oil uh, sources of energy that we could utilize, even along our shores, uh, on both both coasts, in the Gulf of Mexico and everywhere else. But we're taking the easy way out. Uh, oil should not be king anymore. We should be creating. Uh, Tesla is putting out a number of cars. They, they may be the number one car uh, with self-driven cars and with uh, energy uh, uh, things built into it without using uh, oil and gasoline. Uh, we're coming to a crisis in so many ways, and it's all about the – it's not a trade deal that's going to be separated. Part, part one of the trade deal was nothing. 
There's so many other problems. Farmers are losing their fields are underwater out in many states. We know of uh, uh, in, in Pennsylvania, uh, oil, the, the process of digging oil on the ground is, is yielding fires. Fracking is uh, unhealthy. Uh, some of the stuff is getting into our, our reservoirs, our rivers, our lakes. And uh, uh, the last segment, uh, uh, Astrid was right. Uh, we lived with, uh, we used to live with a well. The well was perfectly clean. Now we're hooked into a, a, a reservoir system that when you read the report, you have to go immediately out and buy a, a water cooler <laughs> or like as my son does, buy like 9,000 bottles of water. Uh, these are things that are coming to the surface and we're letting them go. So many species, actual species will disappear from this fire in, in Australia. Australia, it's, yeah. it's you know it's it's really uh, a major issue, and uh, we're, we're battling religion and we're not making any change. Every the president needs to focus on the entire country, not a segment. Uh, we we need to come up with better ideas. Uh, I I don't want to attack the president alone, but there's so much wrong. Uh, I don't understand why we've put. And that's another thing. Uh, we are alienating ourselves from all the other nations. And this country is in the Bible, too. There's going to be a great thing like never before. And we're not even preparing ourselves for that. No, well, that's happening all over the world now. Yeah, but it's America, you know, it's looked at as a land of wealth and all that, a lot of resources and all that. But we're going to be in worse shape than some of those people. Well, we, we hopefully we can ch- turn the corner. I'm always an optimist. Uh, it doesn't appear that way. According to the Bible, if the Bible is going to come to pass, these things will happen. And that's why the Bible talks about the sign of the beast. So some people will, in order to get food, they're, they're going to be filled with the sign of the beast, which is the 666. And that's going to be the only way they're going to get food. So it, it's a lot of stuff in the Bible that people are are not paying attention to. And all these signs in the sky, the floods, the volcanoes, earthquakes, these are signs of God. This is a warning for us to repent, to start seeking God again, which we continue ignoring. There are problems all over the world, and it seems that we are ignoring them. Uh, We as a country, there's a term, uh, Hercules and and any listeners, uh, called soft power where the U.S. would go out and maybe help build a dam or, or do some of the things that uh, help a country, you know, get off into a jump-off status to move forward. And we're not doing that. The ones that are doing it are the Chinese with their belt in the road. And some of those countries are going bankrupt and will be in debt uh, to China because China plays hardball. And uh, that would make them, their poverty even go higher. And, uh, for instance... Uh, Djibouti is a country in Africa. Uh, the U.S. had a port there. Did some good deeds. China started building a deep water port for the country. Uh, they took it over because Djibouti couldn't pay the fees, the taxes, and everything else that were, were you know, that were required, uh, which were really outrageous. Uh, I, I don't know. They're making moves in Vietnam and everywhere we've we've gone. Vietnam was seemingly turning to the U.S. 
and we're putting our differences aside. Uh, we're being, as she said earlier, we're being distanced from all countries. The three countries uh, from Europe that uh, played a role with the Iranian uh, uh, nuclear deal, they want to go their own way. And they're part of NATO. Uh, you know, the, the president constantly uh, picks on NATO. And uh, most countries, Germany picks on all the time. Germany pays more money than any other country except the U.S. They don't reach the quite reach the 2%, but they exceed France, they exceed Britain, uh, they exceed uh, most, uh, most small countries combined. I mean, Estonia makes its 2% contribution, but Estonia can and will play a great role in uh, computer uh, techniques. They're really, a, for a small nation, they're highly educated. But we need mm -hmm. to get realization track that things are not going good. The farmers are hurting. Uh, many of the workers that uh, the president promised jobs, they're not having jobs. Uh, we both know, our, uh, we know about artificial uh, intelligence coming, Hercules. We've talked about it a, a thousand right. times. Closing on the year now. And that's going to throw more people out of work. And uh, the president uses adjectives like lazy, and uh, it's not a matter of laziness, because most of those workers now are going to probably be white in, in factory jobs. It's time to you know, cut the nonsense and cut the division and have an FDR view or something. I don't know how you do that. Encourage people to, instead of throwing everybody out of the country or making them, uh, calling them names or saying they live in SHI, whatever whole countries, uh, oh. that's abnormal. You know, we, we grew up in a world where presidents of both parties, I don't know how far back you go, but I, I met JFK when I was a little kid. I uh, met Harry Truman when he was out of office. I remember mm -hmm. Eisenhower in the White House, a Republican, a uh, decent kind of guy. I liked Bush one, the father. I thought he was a decent man. I didn't agree with all the wars that we went through from his time and on. And before him, we, we lied about Vietnam to our soldiers and to our citizens. Uh, just, you know, I guess what I can't think of the man that wrote the book, The Best and the Brightest, uh, Halberstam. Uh, he noted all the lies that were told during that period from maybe Eisenhower, Kennedy, all the way down through Nixon. And finally, that war ended. Uh, today, Nick, uh, Vietnam could be actually an ally and some positive uh, uh, help in so many ways. But that's what's happening. Uh, this is serious. And when I heard people calling him the chosen one and other, other names that I've heard in the Bible, I'm, as a Catholic Hercules, Catholics don't have the great knowledge of the, uh, <laughs> the Catholics will <laughs> call, you, call you and say that I'm wrong. Uh, but we focus more on the New Testament. And then, you know, right. some and of the labels about many are called, but few are chosen. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're seeing more stratification or class divisions in our country than ever before. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, there were the Democrats were being criticized because of people not on the table, like uh, some of the African-Americans, like Cory Booker and others. Um We've, this will probably become like a white-only uh, ticket. Uh, but that shouldn't be the case either. Uh, we're, we're dividing people based on race, 
class. And you know what? We're becoming more like a caste-like system, like in India. And India's trying to go the opposite way. Uh, They make a lot of mistakes over there, too, uh, with major pollution issues and uh, whatnot. I think I told you many times that uh, I have friends in the country of uh, Bhutan, uh, a Mm -hmm. pleasant little company, about 700,000, 800,000 people. Uh, they brag about the happiness index over their GDP. Uh, it, it is the people are very seem very happy, but they're getting killed by climate change from both India and China. They're sandwiched uh, in between them like a hot dog, and uh, it's unfair what's going on. And nobody seems to give a damn on a world stage or on individual stages. You know. Um, Going back, uh, we made a big mistake with Russia uh, uh, before Putin came in. Today, Putin, I don't know if you realize it, today Putin uh, basically forced out Medev, uh, who was, I think, playing the role of president. So now he has assumed total power, and he will keep that for 20 years. He's 67 now. Um, We've got China that's around forever. Uh, the leader now uh, got all pretenses and turned toward the Mao way. Uh, uh, Mao uh, really uh, took a revolution uh, to uh-huh. move that country forward. Uh, sometimes I can't remember name the Chinese leader off off the tip of my tongue, but he reversed Mao's Mao's role, and that's happening all over the world. Things are happening in just about every country. I mean. Scandinavia is seeing major changes. Uh, uh, Australia, probably Austria, in the you know in the mountain areas of their country, uh, we are seeing climate climate changes. Uh, well, yeah, let's look at Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah, the president go down here and throw paper towels at people, but uh, they just followed that up with an earthquake, and that's a severe shock for a very pretty island. And it's really going to send it's sending them back to uh, almost the Stone Age. And God, if we should have a war, we'll all be back in the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should be doing everything. Uh, you know, some people worry about the UN being run uh, against the U.S. We fund, or at least we were funding, a good proportion of the UN. It doesn't have to follow everything that we do. The Japanese are up there with us funding uh, the UN. I don't know how much China gives or some of the European nations. But the things that are going on, and hearing these names, uh, these uh, names out of Christianity, uh, put on a president that curses. Listen, you could like President Trump, but I don't see any reason for him to uh, curse over 15, 16,000 times in the time period we're in now. And we need the truth. Uh, it's, it's, the country's being run like a mockery. And Hilda brought up that thing about ears and not hearing and eyes and not seeing. That is the way I see America at probably, uh, you know, at holiday time, sitting around the table. People are afraid to bring up politics because Uncle Joe will get upset or uh, it's it's a nasty situation. Uh, I I mean, we were talking in a diner with my sister on a a, a school project that we want to do, and somebody ran over and because we were talking, uh, you know, about uh, other ethnic groups helping some ethnic groups and people from other countries. And, uh, you know, that's the hostility in this country. 
And we were better than that. I mean, in World War II, uh, God, what, what's his name? Um, the war plan, uh, the general, uh, general, God, help me, Hercules, general, um, he saved I, Europe, basically. Patton? Uh, Eisenhower? <laughs> no, before uh, Eisenhower was the man, uh, he was put there by this general, as was MacArthur. Um, this was really more of a uh, non-military general, although he would have been a good officer, a guy named Ricks who wrote a book said he was one of the best generals of all time. We had a name for the plan. I think it was the, God, was it the Mitchell plan. It started with an M. Uh, he okay. was around for years. Uh, for years. I'm giving you the wrong name. And listeners can look it up if they're interested. It's okay. We'll look it but, up and we'll post it on the thread. You, you know, there was, there was always a sense our role was to reach out, help other countries, put Europe back on its feet. We weren't out there qu- uh, quibbling about whether somebody was at one and a half percent and they need to get up to two percent. Uh, Estonia was a part of the Soviet Union. It became a computer capital of, of a small world. I mean, it, uh, it was taken on the Russians who were trying to, you know, break into their systems. Uh, you know, uh, I just I was in the vicinity of the uh, Estonian president because he went to uh, Leonia High School where I went to Richfield and I was in Richfield the day he was uh, last in, in uh, Leonia, which is not far from you. Um, we're a nation of many people. You know, yes, we sure. all, Irish came in and they were called mixed. Blacks were called names. Uh, Puerto Ricans and Hispanics were called names. Uh, Jews were called names. Uh, we originally had a know-nothing uh, a group which uh, pre- uh, predated the Ku Klux Klan. And uh, at that time, it was mostly directed at uh, white ethnic groups and blacks. But we're going in the wrong direction as a country that you and I grew up in. And, we definitely uh, are. Uh, although every group that comes here goes through stuff. Like Greeks were considered uh, uh, dark-skinned uh, people by the Ku Klux Klan when we first started uh, emigrating here in waves. Uh, um, so, you know, Italians, Irish people... Um, everyone goes through that like hazing period, but very quickly becomes integrated into the hodgepodge of people you know that we call America. And you're right, we're getting polarized, and it is going in the wrong uh, direction. America was a dream um, that transcended ethnicity, that transcended uh, religious beliefs, that transcended uh, nationality. Uh, and we've somehow lost sight of that greater dream. Well, you know, uh, when ethnic uh, during the Obama administration, when ethnic groups were coming heavily from Mexico, and then most of them were not Mexicans, they were from you know three, three, three or four states uh, below Mexico. Um, a lot of Christian groups were in there helping them at the border. Somehow, this president got their attention and turned them away. I can remember that the Baptist Church pay, play, paid a heavy role uh, in feeding and uh, and clothing many of the people that came in. Many of them wound up in Hilda's class in Newark. Uh, you know, people drove uh, parents drove these kids up to the border, and uh, they were eventually taken to say district schools like Newark or wh- wherever. It's, it's, we're really making a hard you know difference. You have anything to add? 
Often the children were sent up to the cities with strangers who were paid and trusted. Uh, Hilda had students that complained they were raped. Um, oh, no. You're old. And those stories don't get out. And you've seen the kids sleeping on blankets, uh, or not even blankets, in some cell uh, block building. And uh, that, that's, that's cruel and unusual treatment for children. Too much is going on. And we're letting a man direct how we act. We have our basic instincts to know right and wrong. And I, I seem like I'm preaching here. I'm not a good preacher. But we need to do more and be better. And I don't know if that's sinking in. I mean, we have had uh, – I was involved at least in reporting some of the shootings in Jersey City. I was involved in uh, – I did a lot of publicity. I don't know if you saw it, but I was promoting to keep uh, a, a real piece of land, part of the uh, Liberty statue, from becoming a golf course. The needs in, in our areas are not for more golf courses. And people were saying, well, we need more golf courses. For championships. Yeah, talking about that three. as well with the golf yeah, courses. I mean, I, yeah, Route 3, uh, you know, I've seen women and male championships for golf. And uh, Trump himself has a club. Uh, has one down in, uh, in, in Florida, too. Uh, we have enough golfers. I, hate, I don't play golf. I never was good at it. I don't know why, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, with, I've only played once myself. Uh, <laughs> we're in the same club. I'm not a golfer either. Yeah, I just I couldn't do it. I and I used to pay because I. You remember when I had the offices in Franklin and Newton? I would take some of the people from the office and one or two um, people out of work, and we you know go around hitting the balls and whatever. The best ball was the choice. A few of them were mine, but. Uh, <laughs> That's the way it is. But we're going in a real negative thing, and it's it's getting worse and worse. I mean, Giuliani, to me, is a farce. I, I, I don't know what happened to him. I mean, he's going the direction of his father, who was in a prison cell for organized crime. I mean, I, I just don't Yeah, he, he keeps it quiet. You know, actually, was I heard it from uh, Peter I think his name is Peter King, a Republican from the Long Island area. He uh, he told it at one time. You know, he uh, I guess it was a book. I don't know if he wrote the book on truth yet. Well, they were in different parties at that time. But he didn't have an easy life. Uh, and he's become more and more bizarre. He's, I don't know how many marriages he's had now. But he did, as I've said on other shows, he, he, did a, uh, he proposed to his new wife while his other wife was at home watching, watching the whole event on TV. And mm. she didn't know they were getting divorced. I mean, that's, that's him. But uh, I know it, it may seem trivial to many people, but the words of the day that take on significance like they have ears they don't hear. I've heard that over and over. Uh, you know, and, and these, these this all has sources to be continued. We're down to the last couple of minutes of the show. Um, and again, I want to thank you and Hilda for sharing uh, uh, your view of the world. As I've said many times before, uh, many people are spiritually motivated. I certainly am. You know, I'm always evoking Mount Olympus and just about everything I do. 
Uh, and it's very important to understand, you know, where we're coming from and why we do the things that we do. So I want to thank you and Hilda for what is a, a different show, but one very much in line uh, with our mission. We started this um, creating a safe space for interfaith dialogue, and I believe that we can only move forward uh, when we understand the spiritual dimension of our beings as well. Thank you, Bill, and thank you, Hilda, to be continued. Okay, um, so also, um, Hercules, if your uh, listeners want to find out more, they should read the book of Apocalypse, uh, which is also called Revelation, because that will tell you more things that are to happen in all over the world. But it also talks about United States. And a lot of people don't like to read that book because they claim it's very scary to them because it talks about the wars that are going to be happening against the United States. So you should read that book. I I used to be fascinated with that book since I was a little girl. So uh, thank you for the opportunity, and it was uh, I'm I'm very happy to have that opportunity. Good night. I look forward to getting together sometime soon. Be well, and uh, thank you again. Thank you, Hercules. And thanks to all who joined us from home. Until next time, this is all of us wishing all of you joyous journeys and amazing. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Because that make them sound really good.